Here at Text Talks, we constantly strive to spotlight authentic music trailblazers, which is why we're excited to have Text Talks styled by Ray-Ban this summer, helping us in our pursuit of featuring artists who are not afraid to be their authentic selves. You've got the look. Now come and have some fun with us in the sun. Together, Text Talks and Ray-Ban are saying, if you've got a challenge for us, no matter what it is, you are on. You can't predict the light, but with Text Talks and Ray-Ban, you are always ready to capture it by living each day in the moment. You are on. Define your style at superbulous.com. to Tex Talks. I am Tex, and today I am talking to an R&B soul singer-songwriter whose voice conveys a depth of emotion that'll take you on a welcome and willing roller coaster of all the feels. His debut album was, in my mind, one of the best albums of 2020 that chronicled the beginning, middle, and end of a relationship and expertly tapped into the rawness of pain, healing, and the human condition. I am, of course, talking about Langa Mavuso. Langa, welcome to the show. How are you oh, doing? Oh, wow. Thank you, Tex. Um, I'm good. I'm really, really good and excited to be here. I was listening to some of the podcasts that you guys did uh, for season one, and I was like, yeah, I am definitely keen to do this. <laughs> okay, but have you listened to Newsy's episode? Because I know you're at his place right now recording, so if you haven't, it's going to be a little bit awkward. <laughs> I haven't listened to Muzzy's um, to Muzzy's episode. I was actually like fangirling for for um, the last podcast that you had posted uh, last sure. week with James Blake, and I was like, "Come on!" I know, right? Yeah. I mean, one of one of the best conveyors of emotion through songwriting, I think, James Blake. Baby. Truly, it's absolutely incredible. And you know what was really weird was, I mean, I have a very specific interview style, but with James Blake, that went completely out the window. And he wanted to talk about his dog and my dog (laughs) and bleaching his hair and my hair. And I was like, I'm talking to James Blake about the time I bleached my hair and then it turned to straw and I had to cut it all off. Like, what is my life right now? What is you know, going bleaching on? your hair is a really, really like life-changing thing. It also, I think, it also reflects like a big change in 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 your in your space, and so it's something that should be spoken about more. Every time I bleach my hair, I'm kind of going through something. <laughs> what color is your hair currently? My hair's black right now, but I'm really contemplating like going back to pink. Mm. Um, and I mean, obviously, because I'm going through a breakup and so, I, and I'm like, should I do it? Or is this like going to really be like indicative of like the space that I'm in? Because I think I've had my hair like a bunch of different colors. I've had purple. I've had green. I've had obviously platinum blonde a bunch of times. I've done mm-hmm. pink. Uh, I've done like a richer pink. And so... Yeah, I'm I'm keeping it black for now because I've got a couple things that I need to shoot and I've got a tour to go on. But as soon as that's done, I think I can really delve into my feelings and uh, 
and have that pink hair again, like a beautiful dusty pink. You know, dark pink, rich pink sounds very sexy. I won't lie. But which which one was your favorite? It's hard to pull off. I won't lie to you. Dark pink was like the hardest. I spent most of the time in a cap when I had that <laughs> when I had the dark pink because I felt so awkward, like going to meetings or like going to the to the mall or the stores uh, with that hair. With the with the lighter pink, it really suited me and it and it made me feel like I don't know. I felt like I was on my Frank Ocean, you know, mm-hmm. and and like I just felt really hot because I I just I dyed it pink for the Levi's campaign. And um, it, it was really exciting for me to be in like in this pride campaign, um, but I also just felt like really, really cool in that hair. Um, but then I had to like go and do a corporate three weeks later, and it was so awkward for me um, because I was like in this beautiful like suit with pink hair. But I, I really like the lighter pink more. It really, I think it suits my my skin tone more. Talking about Frank Ocean, did you see his look at the Met Gala this year? He's got the neon green hair and then he I brought the, the robot and baby a bot with him. as Oy. well, right? What a reflection of the times. I won't lie to you. I'm not a huge fan of that outfit, like that very like Namcore kind of look me that neither. He's, he's been giving. Like it's it's not for me. Um, I didn't enjoy Kim or Demna either in the all black um, I don't know. Like there were very few people that I that I really enjoyed. I thought Sierra was cool, but like also not great. Um, Timothy Charlemagne, I kind of liked with yeah, the chucks. Yeah, he was cool. He was cool. Um, who did I like actually? I like Timothy. I like Kirby from Pia Moss. He looked really cool in the red suit. Um, I think Lewis Hamilton really looked really like he looked really cool. What was I he think, wearing? I didn't see photos of that. He had a suit with like some, it was like some kind of lace coming through and the hair was up. Like he had like some kind of like dread, like up, up to, he, it looked really pretty. Like if, if you, if you find the images, he looked really cool. And he booked out an entire table and invited a bunch of black young designers to come and sit with him. And I thought that was really, really amazing, you know, oh. talk about like, when you have a seat at the table and then letting everyone in, you know? And so I thought that was so amazing for him. I hope Fenty can do that in a year from now. Um, You know, the designers usually get a table and they invite who they want at their table. And so I hope that Rihanna can do that. I think she's been like a queen of the Met for a while. Um, I want to see her like invite, invite a bunch of like young black creatives. I feel like she's connected with a lot of African artists and African Mm -hmm. artists. personalities and so it would be so sick for me to like see a Fenty table with a burner boy a whiz kid an Elsa Majimbo um just maybe a rich Amnesi even like it would be so so sick to see um young African fashion leaders to sit at the Met Ball because I think I think young African designers have been doing some incredible work if we look at Tebe if we look at Lucanio um, who are both recipients of uh, the LVMH Prize. Um, obviously, Lucanio also um, paid tribute to Nicholas Kutz, who had passed away, I think, two years from about two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just to look at young African designers who have been doing some really, really amazing work. Um, Orange Culture in Nigeria. Um, yeah, those are my fashion faves, and I want to see them at the Met. 
You know, you've worked on some really cool campaigns and you mentioned Rich Nisi and you worked on the Johnny Walker Rich Nisi concept store. Yeah. And then you also touched on your Levi's Pride campaign. Yeah. Talk, talk to me a little bit about collaborating with brands that really resonate with you as an artist, sure, but also as a human. Yeah. I, I mean, I, 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 every time I choose like a brand collaboration, I always think about like, am I going to be happy with this? Like, 10 years from now mm. because sometimes I think a lot of people are tempted by the check and forget about the, the integrity of their work and the integrity of who they are um, and with the brands that I've worked with I've been really really proud to create um, collaborations that that I can stand by like truly you know with the with the Levi's campaign all the proceeds of that went into um, the LGBTQI plus a community um, and, and 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 that for me was important. It's important to be a face and a figurehead of, of of something. But I think when you do represent something so sensitive and so important, it's important for you to also be part of the community and do real work mm. and not just post for likes and and hope that people are going to to give you engagement um, and 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 just kind of traction. But there's real work behind it. And I also created. Um, a one-of-one one jacket that honored South African queer icons um, like Dr. Beverly Bitsy and Simon Nkoli, um, Tommy Dish, Lelo, Lelo What's Good, who runs Vogue Nights. Um, I'm obsessed with him. Yeah, just just <laughs> um, incredible, incredible queer icons of this time. Tutu Zondo, who is also part of... Uh, of um, Vogue Nights and also works with uh, Queer Lives Matter. And so for me, it was really important to honor those people. And so I created a, a rainbow jacket that I designed myself and we, 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 cust we custom made it at the Levi studio in, um, in Parktown North with the incredible Cult of Ange and Amy Zama. Um, and we, we created something really special. And so for me, a part of me lived in that campaign. I wasn't just used mm. as a, as a musician who is queer, but I was also like the, my, my voice mattered in, 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 in what we wanted to present. And so that's what I think about, uh, even with Johnny Walker, my, my relationship with them started about four years ago. Um, and it was really to promote the brand, but I said to them when I started working with them, I said, for me, music is the center of what I do. And so I will happily be an amplifier of of, of what you guys do. I, I love that you represent um, a sort of uh, achievement and, and, and quality and product. Uh, it's the best whiskey in the world, and I want to be the best musician in the world. Um, and so I wanted to marry that. Take a walk on the wild side. And so I said... Outside of just being a face or an amplifier, I'd like for you guys to also amplify music. And so we were able to even launch my album with Johnny Walker um, on a beautiful rooftop in Santon mm. a year ago. And uh, because we were in COVID times, we were able to stream it, you know, and the whole Johnny Walker team globally watched that album launch. Um one to check if we if we were compliant, and two to just uh, to to witness uh, the people who are part of their brand around the world. And so, for me, my growth with Johnny Walker as as we continue to work together and partner on some projects has been really to amplify one another and to to speak to each other's character. You know, um, I think uh, the beautiful thing about uh, keep 
the keep walking mantra is that uh, you don't walk alone. We work, we walk as a collective. And so for me, uh, my journey has been possible because of a team of people. And so with that collaboration, it's been about walking the journey together and supporting each other where we can. And so that's how I make my decisions when it comes to to brand relationships. It's uh, whether it's something that I can work with for a long time and how, um, how 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 the work um spills over into other parts of who I am and not just uh, a singular idea of me and so Johnny Walker's been that for me Levi's has been that for me Adidas has been that for me my career started with red with Red Bull and for for the most part of my career the, the first three years um they were the, the biggest supporters for me through the Red Bull music uh, program I s- recorded some of my album at the Red Bull Studios in Cape Town. Um, I played my first big festival at the Red Bull Music Festival and I played two nights, opened the festival, and then I opened for, for uh, was it Skepta or Stormzy? It was Skepta. Skepta. I yeah. opened for Skepta. Um, and so for me, that was crazy, you know, like an R&B artist playing just before like a bunch of kids want to have a mosh pit, you know. Um, and so them believing in me and them supporting me always, always, always allowed me to open my wings and fly. And so all the brands that I've worked with in the past have really been a great support to me um, more than in a monetary kind of way. But in terms of like building a relationship and trying to support the things that mean the most to me. I remember that Red Bull Music Festival back in 2018 so yes. and you were wearing this incredible red and black jacket yeah like it was almost like a bolero <laughs> jacket in a way yes. and you looked so great and you were performing you. in this like warehouse there yes in, in, yes in Newtown yeah and I was wearing a Jeremy Scott um Adidas um oh, jacket and, and I'd had like a line on my head um, just to kind of um, highlight uh, some of the African styles of mm. makeup and, and 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 headdress that existed, and so for me that was such an exciting performance. It was like the biggest stage I had been on, and so uh, it was it was huge for me because they tried they, they put me on a lot of stages. You know, my first Opi Kopi <laughs> was on the Red Bull stage, and I think that's the stage that everyone gravitates towards like in the afternoon and mm. like to have that sunset like slot was so amazing for me and so yeah I've had some fun with with, with the brands that I work with and and we've done a lot of uh, cool stuff together. It sounds to me like all of the brands that you've worked with a you've built a really close relationship with them but b as your career has very organically developed, so has your relationship with the brand and they've grown with you, which is kind of like the best case scenario. Every musician wants that. Every musician wants, or every artist wants a brand that will help them grow creatively and help them realize their creative vision. I think that that's so great. Yeah, it's been amazing. It's really, really been amazing. Like what, with even like the launch of the album with Johnny Walker, I just said to them, like, I, I was like, just pay for it. Let me conceptualize everything, you know. Um, earlier this nice. year, we launched we launched my music video uh, for Pretend. And, and because I couldn't have like a big thing about it, I decided to do it at the Bioscope. 
um, and have a bunch of like screenings of the video and have a conversation between myself and the directors and my collaborator, Emmy George. And for me, and they, they supported that financially as well. And so for me, I've been able to do so many creative like projects with them and they've been able to say, you know, how can we amplify? How can we support you? And, and, and they've really allowed my voice to be like clear and not muddled up in brand or their own, and their, or their own intention of what they would like to get out of it. But they've really supported me in an honest way, you know, mm. and I think, and I think that's what I appreciate about working with a brand like them is that over the years, they've, they've really seen my growth and they've grown with me, like you've said. Um, and I told them, um, I said, I said, once I get my Grammy, I want a bunch of billboards. Like <laughs> I told them, I said, you guys have to give me a bunch of billboards. I'll do the work um, and, and, and make it easy for you to sell it to, to global. And so I continue to work towards that goal. And uh, once we get that Grammy, we, we want to see uh, a global Langa Mavuso Johnny Walker campaign. <laughs> well, I mean... It's on the record forever yeah. on this podcast. So if we do, all you've got to do is just clip it exactly. and send it to them. <laughs> Be like, you see, I manifested this. This has got to happen. But I'm so happy that you mentioned Pretend because that music video, oh, it's so beautiful and so tender. And you have two male dancers in it who portray lovers. And I was wondering if you felt that there was a particular point that you reached in your career, you know, both in embracing your sexuality and being open in your music, yeah. that you felt like you needed to come out visibly through your music and through your, your videos like you did with Pretend. Yeah. You know, for me, like I've never made my sexuality like the center of the conversation when it comes to, to mm. my work. And um, it's just generally who I've always been. Um, I remember in high school, like when I first started dating a boy, um, I didn't even come out to my friends. Like I just was walking through the schoolyard with this boy holding his hand. And my friends were like, oh my God, we saw you with so-and-so. And I was like, oh yeah, yeah, we're dating. And they were like, oh really? And I was like, yeah. They're like, oh my God, he's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And that's like my whole experience of um of of with with coming out. I think I think there are certain instances where you have to really be bold and come out and and and, and really share that story, depending on your circumstance. I think even with with one of my aunts, uh, we were we were at the Samas, and my aunt was there with a friend of hers. And she calls me in the morning for breakfast. And she's like, please come up to the palace and have breakfast with me. And I was like, sure. And so she goes, so I hear that you're gay. And I was like, mm, so what do you think about it? And she's like, why did you never tell me? And I said, why did you never ask me? And she said, well, I'm asking you now. And I said, well, we're having the conversation now. Um, and she's like, so who are you dating? And we just kind of got into that conversation. And it's kind of really been a thing of like, I think the most important thing for me has been to just live my life out loud mm. um, and without making like verbal statements. And I think it's been clear um, in, 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 in what I've shared in the, in, with, with the videos recently uh, where I stand with that. And so for me, when I did um, start conceptualizing the music videos, it was very important for me to have a a queer uh, representation, whether it was in the Panther music video where they asked me, so your love interest, are you going to have a girl or a guy? And I said, obviously a guy. And we had this beautiful boy come in and, 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 and do 
um, my love interest, which was just like a really like fragile kind of really intimate moment with him in the video. And so even when we did pretend, um, I thought it was important to, 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 to show the story um, from a queer lens and from a queer perspective, because I think for me, it's always been important for that young kid who who's growing up right now to know that they exist beyond their little town or beyond their little room. Um, I remember being in grade 11 and this was like, the Tumblr phase or the Tumblr times and Frank Ocean had just become like this really big artist and mm-hmm. he had Novocaine and I just like, I just had a feeling about him. I was like, mm, this guy, something, 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 <laughs> you know? Um, and he, he's like, he believes that, um, I believe in heaven. I believe in war. I believe in marriage isn't between a man and a woman, but between love and love. And when he said that, you know, um, that he believes that marriage isn't between a man and a woman, but between love and love. I felt so validated, you know, because mm-hmm. nowhere in music have, had I ever heard that, you know. And so when he did have the coming out letter, I think a year later or, or 2013 for Channel Orange, it was like, oh, my God, you know, there we exist in this world, we exist in this musical space. Um, I can be myself. I don't have to be some muted version of myself to become this great musician that I would like to become. And so to see an artist like Frank allowed me to to feel comfortable to be myself, um, but also to feel comfortable in knowing that like I'm not the loudest version of it. And so I appreciate that I that this version of queerness um, is, is is shared and, and, and exists, but also, um, I want the, the 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 loud and femme version of it to to also be the loud and proud, uh, as we see it in Faga, as we see it in mm. Jairi, as we see it with Mr. Olivet, um, and many many other young queer artists who are coming up in the industry industry right now. And so, for me, I want all shades of us to 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 be out there and to be represented. And so, for me, I had to put that in the music videos. And so, Panda and Pretend really um showcased um that i i'm a boy who love bo- who loves boys and so um my heartbreak and pain comes from that place and so this is what it looks like uh from my side of the world and from my lens and so um it was really important to have that out there um i i believe in 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 in, in doing that through my work um and i'll speak about it when it's when it's when it's asked um, it's not something that I'll shy away from speaking about. Um, but it, the only thing, I, I've just tried to not center it around um, mm-hmm. my, my career because I remember when, and I mean, this, this I've, I've said this to Nakane, like he's so important to me as well because his existence made me also feel like, oh my God, we can exist not just in a global musical space, but even locally, you know, I saw Nakane uh, be that artist who who really showcased uh, his queerness in in his work and 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 who and who he was, you know, in his in his early work. Uh, that first, those first two albums. I think I remember Christopher Moore because I was in varsity and I was really listening to a lot of different artists. And what I did really struggle with is that every single article that was written about him was centered around his sexuality. And my whole thing was just like, he's just a brilliant musician. 
Like, can we just focus on that? Like, the music is brilliant. The work is brilliant. Um, and and for me, it, 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 it I, I made a conscious decision to, like, not center the conversation about who I was, um, about my, my sexuality. I think that um, a lot of queer people end up having to 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 make their queerness their personality and i think that we don't make straight people's lives their we don't mm-hmm. make heterosexuality exactly. a person's personality and so it's just a part of who they are and so that's what i wanted it to be for me i wanted it to be open for conversation yes um but i didn't want the article to be gay singer releases <laughs> album or you know like that kind of thing and so and so I think that the audience knows, and I and I speak about um, losing my first love uh, in every performance that I have, you know. And I speak about him quite, quite. Um, I'm really open about it, and, it, and it's a very fragile thing, you know. I I lost my my, my first love when I was 18, and he took his life um, because he he had felt such an enormous pain. Um, Due to his sexuality, you know, he really struggled with that, but had many other other struggles that he was dealing with internally that I obviously can't divulge. But losing him was like such a huge, huge uh, part of my journey, and so um, a lot of the music reflects on that. And so I have to speak about it at my shows. And so I'll I'll, I'll usually play Love Lost, and everyone will really enjoy it. And I'll play something in between and then I'll play Love Six. And just before I play Love Six, I'll tell the story about how I lost my first love and how when I wrote Liminal Sketches, my first EP, um, it was a it was a morning process. And so I'd written the song Love Six uh, because my love had gone six feet under, you know. And so um, I I'd felt such an enormous pain and, and, and grief. And so that whole phase of my work is about grief and then wanting to, to find peace. And so then we get to Love Lost, uh, which is the last song on my, on my album, on my debut album. Mm-hmm. And Love Lost is about the acceptance of that loss, you know. And I named the song Love Lost because I felt like I didn't lose, but I felt like love lost, you know, the opportunity of it blossoming and becoming a beautiful thing. Like that wasn't on me, that, that's on love and love lost um, in this instance. And, 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 and in the song, there's a beautiful moment of acceptance for me where, I've got, where I go, you, you've got a new life and your soul has flown a new flight. I wish I could see you there, my love. And then that's kind of like the release. And then I just go, but I'll still remember when we first met. It was September, you know. It was never meant to last. Do you still remember when we first kissed? It was September. Um, I, I never knew a love like this, something like that. And then I'll go, the sweetest kiss, the sweetest love. It could never be undone, but I've lost love, you know. And so for me, going from love six, where I'm really in anguish and pain, to love lost, where, I, where, where there's a beautiful moment of acceptance and of release, that was amazing for me. Because even when I be- begin the song, um, I start with the memory that I had when I'd found out that he had died. I was sitting in my hostel room at the National School of the Arts, um, and I'd watched the sunrise. You know, I'd wept the entire night that I never slept. And as the sun rose, I got so angry. I was so upset because it meant that life went on, you know, and I could hear my grade eights getting ready for school. And, you know, for me, my, my life stopped, you know. 
um, on that Tuesday and, and Wednesday morning, everyone was going to school, getting ready to go to dining hall. And I just stared out the window. And so the song, the song goes, I've got scars in my eyes. I've been wrestling the stars. The sunless skies are way too vast. Exploding balls of gas, but my heart still sings your jazz. Blue Rose Wright, that's all you sang, because he loved to sing um, Blue Rose by, by, by Liz Wright. Blue as the crying sky. Um, but you've got a new life and your soul's got a, a new flight. I wish I could see you there, my love, but I'll remember, you know? And so for me, that song is a beautiful release and a beautiful acceptance. And it happened only eight years after he passed away that I was able to to accept um, that 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 big first um, loss of love. And obviously I went through some other losses of love um, as, I, as I grew up. But um, it's always been in the music, you know, it's always been in the music. And, and um, yeah, I reflect on, on the kind of love that I've experienced and it lives within my music. How cathartic is it to write all of this down, record it, put it on an album, and then release it and have it out there in the world forever for people to listen to, internalize, and, and digest? Oh, man, incredibly, incredibly cathartic. I always say, like, this is maybe one of the few times that I speak about, like, the meaning behind some of the songs. Like, I don't, like, unless you come to a show, you'll get, like, mm. a very special opportunity to hear about those two specific songs. But, like, when it comes to the rest of the music, I like to keep the audience, um, give them an opportunity to to, to relate to their own lives. Um, but the process is very cathartic for me. I think that a lot of the the music creation is is about healing myself and 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 facing a lot of the things that I've been through, um, and I always say that the process is like the most selfish phase for me, but once I release it, then it's it's no it no longer belongs to me, and I think that's the most selfless thing that I can do, is to to be vulnerable and to be open for the sake of the next person's healing and for the sake and for the sake of them feeling. Um, the space to be vulnerable with themselves, you know? And I hope that the music cultivates that kind of energy for people um, where they where they feel the rawness and the, and the openness of, of my heart so that they can do that for themselves. Um, and so the journey for me is always, always, always very introspective. Um, and, and I try to reflect um, as honestly as I possibly can um, and, 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 and that process has been incredibly healing for me. Um, I don't think I could have gotten to, to, to many places of healing without, without dealing with those, with those subjects and with those things, um, in the music, you know? Um, and even now, like my recent breakup, um, I, I went back and started listening to the album, um, <laughs> Cause I, no. cause I was, I was like telling my body, I was like, we've done this before. Like we know how to get through it, you know? Um, cause I, I had, I kind of had a moment of like, oh my God, will I ever fall in love again? Will I ever, will I ever find someone special again? Will I ever, um, will my, will my heart ever feel like really whole again? Um, and, and, and then I was like, actually, let's go listen to the album. And like the beginning part is like really angry, like, like calamities is like such a, ah, 
kind of song. You know, where I just kind of like, I wanted it to be rappy because I wanted it to be like an argument because like you, you just like talk over each other and really like um, say things really quickly without thinking thinking it through and that like that song for me does that and so i started listening to the album again uh when when, when i went through the breakup and by the end of the album i was like we're, we're gonna get through this you know we've done it before and so the work for me um definitely definitely helps me um when it comes to dealing with my own uh demons and just like emotions you know I love that you use your own music as therapy. I think that that's the smartest <laughs> thing I've heard in so long. That album for me, that therapy album for me is Frank Ocean's Channel Orange. That is yeah. always my go-to album. Always. Yeah, that was mine for a while me. as well. I mean, how could it not be? Yeah, that that was mine for a while as well. Um, that was a great album just to reflect. I think also Control by Cesar. Mm. was kind of oh. like it was so reflective of of like some of the things that we go through in our 20s um and i also think that solange's um cranes in the sky like <laughs> i had a moment recently where i just woke up and i like regretted all the like i'd gone out for like a lavish dinner and i bought some stuff and i realized i was just like feeling low and i really wanted to feel good um, and then I, pray, I played Cranes in the Sky and you know that whole intro like I tried to drink it away <laughs> but that don't make me even like it didn't make me feel even better you know I tried to work it away I tried to sex it away I tried to I tried all of those things you know um, and so even that album for me kind of like helped me through through some tough times um, and I mean I've, I've just started recording my second album well I've just written most of it um and yeah it started off as something else and I feel like it's kind of going in a different direction and I'm starting to think that I need to like record two different albums at the same time oh, really? and put them both out because when I started writing the second album I really wanted to honor the women that raised me and it was really about my mother and my and her sisters um and my grandmother because those are the people that raised me like I come from a home of matriarchs um and and um I'd written a song for for my mom well I've written songs for my for my mom each of them have a song that is specifically dedicated to them um but then it was also about going back home and like connecting with 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 who I am and um and and where I come from and so that this album that I just finished writing um it, it it's about that but then I just started writing again um and it was about um this breakup that I'm going through but like not the pain of it but like just being excited about falling in love again um imagining this new person that I really want to be with um and and and, and imagining a new love for myself because I think sometimes when you when you end things with someone like it's hard to imagine uh, the possibility of love again and so for me like and now I've just gotten into this place where I'm I'm like really excited to fall in love again but I don't want it to happen like right now because I'm not ready and I just like that that phase like what happens in that phase like we're excited we're living life taking care of ourselves um you know the 
looking forward to the prospect of love. And so I'm like, I've got like two different albums in my head. One is like completely written. The second one is obviously now coming to life in, in my, in my head. And so, yeah, I've been, that's what I've been thinking about. And so I don't know which way to go. (laughs) You know, I'm currently in like a very happy relationship, but I know what heartbreak feels like. (laughs) <laughs> and <laughs> it's fucking disgusting and the the feeling that sticks with me the most like even to this day is after all is said and done it's like oh my god I wasted so much time <laughs> like I could have been doing other shit like I I've never like I, I've never been in a relationship where I can look back on it and be like wow that was actually you know, it was great for what it was. And I learned some things. Um, You you know what I mean? So I feel like if you're you're writing stuff and you're in two different headspaces, then maybe, you know, like an EP and another EP or two albums, you know, give us the goods. Because everybody goes through heartbreak and breakups differently. Everybody feels different things and everybody has a different way to get over it and to pull themselves out of that slump, you know? Yeah, definitely. Mm. But I wanted to talk about the name of your last album because I was very surprised to learn that Langa isn't actually your name. Your name is Nkosinati. Yes. And Langa is your paternal father's surname and then you took Mavuso from your mother to create your stage name. Yes. How important was it to honor both parts of your legacy, Langa yeah. from your father and Mavuso from your mother yes. in your stage name, and then honoring your debut album with Langa as the title? Yeah. So, um, yeah, you're right. Langa is my, my, my dad's surname. Um, and I think um, it was important for me to kind of... So, first of all, just before I, I I released the album, I I spoke to my dad and I was like, I'm gonna name the album Langa, because I think um, the journey that I had been on was a, was like a journey back to myself, and part of that journey was like going back to my dad. My dad and I had kind of had like a really um, tumultuous like relationship growing up, um, and I think some of like the traumas like of that relationship uh, showed themselves in the relationships that I'd had. And I think when I was healing myself in that journey, um, I also needed to heal like my relationship with 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 who I am and where I come from. And so when I was done with the work, I felt like I had reached a point where I was able to connect with, with that part of myself again. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to honor them in saying, here is like the full embrace of 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 you of you you know and and growing up in an african family you usually use your your father's surname and growing up i used my mother's surname mm. um and so this was my opportunity to honor him and to say um i am of you and i'm of these people and so i completely embrace that and i think that this journey back to myself has been a journey uh to my home you know which is which is you guys um, but also, interestingly enough, um, I had spoken to my mom about how she met my dad. Um, and she said that he was this guy in KZN. He was really cool. My mom obviously loved singing. Um, my dad 
played piano and guitar and he really wanted to be a musician. And so eventually he moved to Johannesburg. Um, and most of the like really important moments happened uh, with music. She said that uh, one of her her favorite gifts from him is that he he got her piano lessons for her birthday. Oh wow! You know, um, and so uh, my for me, I I felt like me realizing this dream was also a realization of my father's dream. You know, mm. um, and 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 when I went home to go and just say thank you for for the support and everything. Um, my dad sat down with me and, and said, you know, this is the realization of like your great grandfather's dream. Um, he said, we're not a people uh, who speak much and, and they really are uh, a timid, quiet people. But when, when it comes to music, that's when they connect. Um, and they come from the Seventh-day Adventist church, which the music in that church is insane. The harmony, the melodies, it's really, they, they, they really care about how, how how things sound and so for my dad they'd grown up in that space where music meant so much to him and he said his grandfather um had had wanted to 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 be a musician and his grandfather wasn't someone who spoke a lot but when it when it came to the music um that's when they really connected with him and so he said this 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 work of yours uh, is the realization of a dream like three generations ago and so i found it so fitting to to to, to realize that the moment wasn't mine alone but uh it belonged to the first langa um, who came before us. And, and and so it was a momentous occasion, not for myself, but for everyone who came before me. And I believe that the gift has, has, um, has been shared through generation, through generations, um, and, and, and really, um, had to find itself feet, uh, through the boldness of a child like me, you know, who doesn't fit into, um, your traditional or ordinary uh, kind of African um, expectation of, of what a young man is, you know. And so the boldness and the fearlessness to be myself allowed me to be uh, a musician and, and to go into a space that requires um, a lot of courage and bravery. And so um, the album was named that to honor them, uh, but also to to, to acknowledge uh the fact that it was work that 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 they had done long, long before I'd come. Very soon after your album was released, I think about maybe a month later, I got a press release saying that you'd surpassed two million streams across streaming services, which is a yeah. huge feat. Yeah. And I'm sure that almost a year later, the stats are beyond. <laughs> but yeah. how, how does that overwhelming support make you feel, especially when the subject matter is so close to you? Oh man, you know, it was amazing. I think we were one month into the album being out, two million streams across the platforms it was crazy you know and for me um i just felt so so validated um because for years i had been like saying this in meetings with like labels and with like different people and interviews they'd be like why would you want to be an r&b artist in south africa and do you think people are interested in listening to that kind of music do you think people want to hear that kind of 
work and and I had kind of been pushing it over and over again because in South Africa the success of a vocalist is usually through a house song you know, mm-hmm. and then they'll go off into another thing. And for me, I literally went, uh, my first single was was an R&B ballad, you know, which happened to do really well. Um, but but a lot of the, 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 the people that I had met with in the industry were kind of, were kind of apprehensive about about the kind of music that I wanted to make, um, and so it needed like a team. It needed a team of people who really believed in me to 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 go out there and really fetch the kind of talents that we brought onto the album to make it possible. And so for me, that two million streams it validated all of all of all of what I'd been saying. I, I kept on saying to everyone, I said, there is going to be a resurgence of the sound in mm-hmm. this country and we're going to see a bunch of young artists come out and make this genre pop. Okay. And since I had started in the industry five years ago, we've seen the likes of Elaine, we've seen Tando, we've seen Manana, we've seen Rolene, we've seen a bunch of really interesting talented people Loiso um who the list who, is long yeah the list is long and we, and we see the music really starting to to grab high numbers and to 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 grab audiences and so for me it was just kind of uh it was a nice moment to just go <laughs> yeah look <laughs> you know um but I was I'm also just so grateful to all the supporters and the listeners of the project I wasn't so nervous about sharing sharing such personal parts of my life. I think that um I think it takes a while for some for people to to actually hear what I'm actually saying most of the time. Um and I realized it with myself like with a lot of songs that I grew up with where I'd known the songs but I had no idea what it what the song meant and I think that happens with a lot of music where people listen and they'll sing the song over and over again but not really be sure of, of, of what it means and I think uh, that speaks to like the strength of a melody, and I think that's what's important is that people can connect, connect to the melody and the feeling first, um, and the meaning will come later. Um, and I think slowly but surely people are starting to like discover the little meanings and the little connections between songs um, on the album. I think, yeah, like there, there's I, I left so many little gems in there that that people can find. Um, and I said so many things that people still haven't realized, you know. I was saying to a friend of mine, I was like, I don't think anyone actually realizes that I wrote a song about a one-night stand on the album. Uh, which one? <laughs> it's, it's all of me, you know. <laughs> I want to see you with the lights on and go home before the last song. Breathing and out slowly for one night only. No distractions, let me hold you. You know, and I'm like, I'm literally telling people the the naughtiest things ever. Like, uh, the second verse goes, See, I've been in the crowd with the trick bits, creeping in the dark for the best treats. And maybe love's found in a pen suite, a little rendezvous in the back seat for one night only. And that's like a pop ballad that I did in London. And it's about a night in London where I met like this really mm, a delicious something uh-huh. who, lives, <laughs> who lives in a penthouse. And it was delicious. And so I wrote about it. And I was like, I was like, people hear this song, but I don't think they've like actually listened to what I'm saying, you know? And even cheat code for me, like it's a little bit cheeky because I kind of like 
talk about cheating, but almost like in a video game kind of like setting. And I don't think like uh, people have caught on to that yet. Uh, but I th- but they but melodically they've enjoyed the music, and so I can't wait for them to kind of like discover little things that I did. There's some melodies that are repeated from other songs into new songs, um, and there's some stories that connect to one another, and so. Yeah, I I I've, I said a lot on that album. <laughs> I said a lot, and I, I'm not afraid to be to be vulnerable. I think that's where the magic happens when 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 you're fearless. Um, and I think I think that's that's the beauty of of my work is that I'm able to be so open and honest. And 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 I think that's what people people gravitate towards when it comes to me. You know. Tonight, when I go home, I'm putting on the album and I'm going to listen to it top to bottom at least three times and I'm going to make notes. And the next time we do this longer, I'm literally going to be like, okay, so track one, this is what I thought. <laughs> this is what I think. It's just about. WhatsApp me. <laughs> oh my gosh. But listen, yeah. it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you and you have to promise me that for the next one or two albums whatever it will be if it's a a one album split or if it's two at the same time or if it's one after the other we have to do this in person and we have to do this again i will are you in cape town I'm in Cape Town, baby. You know, I'll take any reason to go down to Cape Town. Cape, <laughs> I call Cape Town my breathing city. It's where I go and breathe, you know? Oh. Um, so I'll definitely do that for the next album. Uh, yeah, I might write a third album and then make that the second album and you've heard about the next projects that are coming. Uh, but oh thank you gosh. so much for speaking to me. How <laughs> won't you next to me? Baby, please, won't you just let me in? Lay with me, stay with me, darling, you're all I need. You hold me down, you hold me down. When I come around, lay with me. Kicking it, but this ain't nothing like soccer. I'm not one to do too much talking But after tonight you might just need a doctor Cause I'm breaking your back, realigning your chakras Think you're the one, two of us skip the three, then we play I'm like a song, I'm your favorite, keep that on replay We watch the sunset and night slowly turns into day But you're the real wonder, I cannot get over your face
joining us for another episode of Text Talks. Shout out to Langa Mavuso for joining me in studio. Text Talks is coming to you from the amazing Kaya Creative Studios at Neighborhood in beautiful Cape Town, South Africa. Shout out to Tom's, the only music store for keeping us connected. From me, your host Tex, my producers Jonathan Ings and Matt Lewitz, and our researcher Elle Clapper. Catch you on the flip side. <laughs>